It's been said that practice makes perfect. This is true in sports, it's true in music, and it's true among other things, including the entertainment arts. And while video gaming is certainly no exception either, this would include violent video games. With that said, have we ever thought about what might be getting perfected in our kids with respect to the video games they regularly play? Well, today we'll be talking with Dave Grossman about the content of his book, Assassination Generation. Is it possible that we could perhaps be party to some serious issues brewing right in our own homes? That's next Unlicensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is Trace Embry. He's the founder and executive director of Shepherd's Hill and the author of The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. And I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal, Unlicensed to Parent, is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, like certain movies and music where sex and violence are prevalent, we've been hearing about video games and their potential to negatively influence our kids' behaviors. Well, I mean, you've been hearing it for decades now, right. and, and yet it seems that so little is being done to address it and effectively deal with it. Yeah. Is this really the big deal that some people make it out to be? You know, when we talk about violent video games anyway, uh, I don't think the word potential for negative effect is the right word. All you have to do is have a little common sense and just look around and compare the, the general attitudes and behaviors of today's kids with the general attitudes and behaviors of kids from 50 years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Then ask yourself this, uh, how many school shootings do I remember happening 25 years That's ago? That's true. Uh, how many schools had armed guards patrolling their hallways every day back then? I mean, I can go on and on with the issues of the day that would make any prudent individual sit up and take notice that something has been amiss. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not blaming violent video games for all of it. But to say they don't play a role betrays not only the evidence, but history and common sense, which I certainly realize isn't so common anymore. So w why don't we just bring Dave on and, uh, uh, you know, get this party started? Sure. Well, our guest today is Dave Grossman. Dave is an internationally recognized scholar, author, soldier, and speaker, and he's one of the world's foremost experts in the field of human aggression and the roots of violence and violent crime. Dave is also a retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. Dave founded the Killogy Research Group, and he speaks on ways to reduce violence in society and deal with the aftermath of violent events, such as, well, what you were just talking about, Trace, school shootings. Well, Dave, welcome back to the Licensed to Parent broadcast, brother. Hello, Trace. Good to be back on board with you. And, you know, we've had uh, the pandemic kind of come and go during this time frame. It's been a crazy time. And, uh, Is that what I that was, a pandemic? <laughs> yeah. There's so much, uh, so much going on out there that I think we can... Uh, Give uh, every every citizen, not not just every parent, some information that'll be of great value to them. And we Amen. we look at what's happened to us: this global epidemic of sleep deprivation, the addictive video yeah. games, the addictive social media, and that binge watching TV shows. Uh, mm -hmm. Sleep deprivation is just kicking our tail. It's a key factor in suicides, major killer of our kids, key factor in traffic deaths. Well, 
Dave, I, you know, I don't think enough parents actually realize just how much digital technology has changed the parenting game field. Uh, you know, d- down through history, uh, the telegraph, the telephone, radio, record players, tape recorders, and TV have all impacted, you know, our, our parent-child relationships, but nothing like the digital world and the Internet has, has impacted it. I think people are trying to compare this to those other things. Yet many parents compare the digital changes as just another techno change that we'll, we're going to adjust to in due time, that it's similar to the tech's effect on kids and families of the past. Why is this digital thing, particularly for, the, for, for this discussion, violent video games and sleep deprivation and all that, not to be compared to the tech advances of the past? Well, you know, it, it, you could make a comparison. The comparison I make is to automobiles. Uh, every piece of technology has to be digested. You know, cassette tapes are one thing. Automobiles are, are transformational. You know, we, we had automobiles for 50 years before some genius said, you know, kids shouldn't be driving these things. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. And, 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 and that's kind of where we're at here. We, we've been blindsided by this technology. This is so profoundly different. And mm-hmm. I tell people, my dad started smoking in 1940 when he was five years old. He plunked a nickel on the counter bought a pack of Bull Durham tobacco and rolling papers and started smoking at five. You know, candy rots your teeth. We all know that. Cigarettes are good for you. You know, my my, my audience is I put up a camel ad that says, you know, as your doctor, I recommend camels. And then, a, yeah, right. you know, a Viceroy ad that says more dentists smoke Viceroys. And, you know, uh, dentists say Viceroys, docs say camel. Which one's best? They're poison. They're all poison. Don't do it. But what we've got is we've got this set of technology We've got the binge watching TV shows. We've got uh, we've got the Internet never sleeps and this endorphin rush. That it's Facebook is designed to be uh, addictive. Uh, and, and then most especially the addictive video games with vast amounts of money spent on creating a, a, a flow state with these video games. And yeah. all of these things, the head, the head of Netflix uh, said that the number one competitor is not other online providers. The number one competitor is sleep. The corporate policy of Netflix is to steal your sleep. So here's yeah, the key about thing. The, with sleep deprivation by itself, how that can manifest itself into something that uh, maybe doesn't come up in the, in the, uh, uh, the time that Junior right. spent with his therapist. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe long after many drugs have already been dispensed. Talk yeah. about sleep de- deprivation, just how that affects kids w- and how it's linked to, to uh, excessive video game. Well, the thing to understand is that sleep deprivation makes you stupid. It impairs your judgment. 18 hours without sleep and your impaired judgment equal a 0.08 blood alcohol legally drunk. 24 hours without sleep and your equivalent 0.10 blood alcohol level and impaired judgment. Two nights without sleep, and you're psychotic. Any graduate of Army Ranger School will talk about hallucinations on the third day without sleep. Mm-hmm. And we have people all around us going days without sleep. Now, the military research tells us that a sleep-deprived soldier is up to five times more likely to take their life. Now, mm-hmm. suic- you know, alcohol and suicide have always been closely related. It, 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 there is this powerful drive to self-preservation in every living creature. To take your life is not a natural act. You have to have profoundly impaired judgment. Alcohol creates impaired judgment. You make a bad decision, never a chance to rethink it. But now we're in the middle of this global epidemic of sleep deprivation with this, this epidemic of sleep deprivation creating impaired judgment. 
and suicides have exploded. Every age group, every nation, teenagers, 10, 11, 12-year-old, teenage girl suicide rate has tripled per capita in just the last decade. I, I had a cop come up to me during one of my presentations. He said, uh, he said, I had a good girl. She was an A student. She said, Dad, it's embarrassing. You don't have to take my cell phone every night. You can trust me. You know, family policy, cell phone goes to charge go to bed. He said, I trust her to let her keep her cell phone. A little while later, she took her life. He said, my little girl took her life. He said, we never knew the hell she was living in until we looked at the text messages on her cell phone, night after night of ceaseless, relentless, vicious bullying. And he can't just ignore that. We're not wired that way. He said, it was heartrending. The sea up all night long, night after night, trying to defend herself, trying to find someone to stand up for her. He said, I knew my little girl was bullied to death. What I didn't understand until now, she was sleep deprived, tormented and bullied to death in front of my eyes. And I let it happen. Mm. He said, I can't ignore that text message in the middle of the night. How can we expect our kids to? The one thing on earth I could have done for my little girl, he said, was, was take her cell phone, let her turn off all the bad stuff in this world. But who's going to be your mommy? Who's going to make you turn off the world? So this 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 suicide uh, 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 sleep deprivation link is so powerful and the video games are so addictive. Children are just devastated by them. They can't turn it off. They're, they become immersed in it. There's, uh, there, there are all kinds of addictive dynamics are in play here. We've got fight or flight hormones flooding through their body. And those fight or flight hormones shut down logical, predictive, left brain, rational thought processes. But the, the other major killer that's exploded worldwide is traffic deaths. And, of course, sleep deprivation is a key factor in traffic deaths. Sure. I had three days. Three teenage boys, now I've got teenage grandchildren. But when I had three teenage boys, the number one killer of kids was traffic deaths. And it was my number one concern. But nobody told me the most important thing I should do is make sure they get a good night's sleep before they get behind the wheel of a vehicle. Boom. But the mm-hmm. third major cause of death that has exploded is opiate overdoses. Fentanyl. Why opiates? Why fentanyl? Well, why not crack? Why not meth? Why are opiates suddenly the drug of choice? And prescription opiates have always been there. Why is there suddenly this huge demand? Well, sleep deprivation creates chronic pain. You don't sleep. The tendons and muscles never fully relax. You're in a your doc. I heard all the time. Give me a pill of fix. You don't need a pill. You need more sleep. And he got to knock off the stinking caffeine shortly after lunch. And one of the one of the co-pathologies out here is this. This epidemic of caffeine abuse, these mega doses of caffeine oh, will put in our body. It's stopping us from getting deep cycle sleep, which creates chronic pain. So three major causes of death have exploded. Traffic mm-hmm. deaths, suicide, and opiate overdoses. And there's one common ingredient. But again, I, you know, just like my dad buying tobacco when he was five years old in 1940, the, the, the video game industry is never going to say, you're, you're, you're 14 years old, you've been playing this game for the last 36 hours, you need to get some sleep now. They'll never do that. Facebook will never say that you, you, you've been online for 36 hours, you need to get some sleep. They will never do that. They just want you to use the product until you die, like the tobacco industry. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Dave Grossman. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about how we, as parents, can push back on social media and how your kids are interacting with it. We'll be back soon. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. 
With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a nature-based therapy program for teens in crisis. And today we are helping you, the parent, push back on social media with Dave Grossman. What do you have to say about that, Trace? Well, why is it that so many people who are pushing back, trying to push back, have got their ears slapped back? Things don't go anywhere, whether it's, you know, yes. uh, Tipper Gore and Sam Brownback with music and entertainment or, 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 or whatever. And now you got this big Goliath in Silicon Valley that controls the world. Yes. How do you suggest parents push back on this? Is, is this going to be, a, I would assume it, it can only come from a grassroots movement. It's got to be grassroots, and it's so pervasive, and it's so long-lasting, and the very people we count on for our information are invested in misrepresenting it. They're totally sold out to evil. They're totally sold out to selling the product to children. My book, Assassination Generation, we talk about in 2005, the state of California overwhelmingly voted to regulate children's access to violent video games. Now, in 2005, the data was so powerful Home of Silicon Valley, home of Hollywood, overwhelmingly voted to regulate children's access to violent video games. Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor. He signed the bill. He said, I make violent movies. I want to protect my kids from those movies. I particularly want to protect my kids from these violent video games. So the video game industry fought all the way to the Supreme Court to sell any game to any kid at any age. They said, you cannot regulate us in any way, shape, or form. And they conned seven old men, seven Supreme Court justices, never played Pong in their life, (laughs) overturning the California law. And and nobody knows it. Since we talked uh, last, I've been invited to the White House as part of President Trump's roundtable on violent video games. 
And the video game industry guy in his $10,000 suit, I'm there in my blue jeans. I, I was told the day before I'm going to the White House. I was on the road, right? I got my leather vest and my, my black shirt and my, I put my little string tie on and my blue jeans. He's video game guy in his $10,000 suit. He says, uh, he says, we strongly support the video game rating systems. And I, I said, then why did you fight all the way to the Supreme Court to sell any game to any kid at any age? I said, sir, these guys are lying. They, they, they're fighting tooth and nail to sell the sickest product to children. And, it, and it's about what they're doing to children. Now, I slid yeah. my book across the table to the president, my book, Assassination Generation, hit his water glass. My book. He picked <laughs> up the book. He, he, he looks at the video game industry, points to the book, and he grins like, I got you. You know, if you guys, you need to pump equal amount of money into my into my part of the world. If if you if you take one side or the other in the political world, I'm coming after you. Yeah, you know you, and, and, I, and I could just see it all happen in front of my eyes. So six months later, invited back to the White House to brief Vice President Pence, and again I personally handed him a copy of my book, Assassination Generation. Uh, the research is there, the data is there. It's right, overwhelming. It's Right. Uh, this uh, this industry is just so evil and so pervasive and so powerful, and they're so, sold out to selling their product to children. They are where tobacco was in 1940. Well, we've redefined so many terms, including evil, including violence, including grace, including love and mercy. We've, we've redefined terms. We've invented new terms. Look, no sane parent wants their kids to grow up to be violent. But you think there might be a problem in, in the way we actually define violence these days? You know, it, it, it's funny. <laughs> the, the murder rate is being held down by medical technology. You know, mm -hmm. we define violence by ultimately by taking a life. But the docs are saving ever more lives. So a UMass Harvard study in the journal Criminology in 2002 uh, definitively stated that between the 1960s and the 1990s, medical technology cut the murder rate to a third or quarter would otherwise be. Thus, to compare murders between the 60s and the 90s, the murders in the 90s got to be multiplied by a factor of three or four to compare mm -hmm. them with the 60s. And the leaps and bounds of life-saving technology in the 1960s is astounding. Tourniquet, tourniquets alone, you slap on a tourniquet, you save a crime victim's life, you prevented a murder. Tourniquets mm -hmm. alone have cut the murder rate in half in just the last decade. Well, here's the other thing. You, uh, you've got people staying indoors uh, by themselves, murdering virtually uh, around the clock. Uh, it's going to cut down on the actual murders when you think about what, it, right? What, what, what I want you to understand, though, is that imagine if somebody said, your grandpa made 25 cents an hour. You make $25 an hour. Look how good you got it. We immediately identify the lie here, something called inflation. Mm -hmm. When they say, well, murder rate's up, but it, it's still not as bad as the 1960s. When we see the lie here immediately, we got to identify it. We're being lied to every exactly. year. They give us a number of dead people, and it's a lie. Medical technology has been held down, holding down the murder rate. The number of dead people misrepresents the problem. Mm -hmm. Vice President Pence, very intelligent, gracious man, he said, what about the aggravated assault rate? I said, sir, it's too easy to fudge that data. Where do we draw that magic point to ag assault and simple assault? And statistics can be uh, jerry-rigged and only as good as they're interpreted and accumulated and all the other stuff. We, we, we understand that. Yeah. Uh, 
but can you talk about the difference between violence uh, and then gratuitous violence? Because I think there's a big difference between uh, the movie Saw 3 uh, versus Bugs Bunny, you know, or Saving yeah. Private Ryan yeah. uh, or the Bible, you know. Uh, why is it so important to distinguish the two? Violence and gratuitous violence, because people will argue, well, the, you know, the Bible is a sex and violence book, but it's not gratuitous sex and violence. Can you parse that out so the parents can get a better understanding of that? Because uh, some of those, like, for instance, Saw 3 and Saving Private Ryan are going to both get an R rating. I want my kids to see Saving Private Ryan because that kind of violence uh, that, that they're exposed to will, will keep them from wanting to commit violence. The other one is attractive to them. Could you, could you elaborate on that? Trace, I'm, I'm not so sure that Saving Private Ryan is going to convince him not to engage in violence. You know, I, I told a guy one time that those people, those those 18-year-old kids that laid lives down on Normandy Beach, they died to prevent the horror of war from coming to American shores. Mm-hmm. If they could see us inflicting Saving Private Ryan on our on our preteen kids, they roll over in their graves. Uh, that, 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 so the thing to understand is is the form of violence, uh, the written word, the spoken word, and visual violence are totally different products. The the spoken word, the written word, the Bible, a sermon, it goes in the eye, it goes in the ears. It's got to be decoded, and it trickles down into the emotional center. But violent visual imagery goes straight into the eye and straight into the emotional center. Violent yeah, visual imagery point. is processed completely differently. That's why, you know, the analogy to the Bible is a lie. It's the written word. The, the, yeah. that, that Helen Brimstone sermon, it's the spoken word. But you have, you have biblical movies that, that show, you know, violent acts and sexual acts. Uh, yeah. But it's implied, a lot of it. Um, yeah. I mean, how, how do we argue? I, I, I'm going back to the gratuitous versus the, 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 the violence for... Uh, for historical sake or to, to you know, I mean, I, I, I see your point. I ag- actually agree with your point. Uh, I, I don't think when I say kids saving, seeing, yeah. saving Private Ryan, I think there's some kids uh, before they graduate high school that that movie's not going to affect, if, unless they're getting like 365 days a, a, a year yeah. of saving Private Ryan ki- kind of movies. That's all they watch. But, you know, the, 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 the occasional exposure to things, life itself is going to bring them violent episodes that they're going to have to learn how to deal with. But, you know, w- w- when it comes to these little kids, I agree. I, t- I totally agree. Yeah. Well, you know, I, in my book on killing, uh, half a man copies sold worldwide, translated seven languages, Marine Corps Commandant's required reading on killing. We talk about this resistance to killing in healthy people. You know, the hard to explain is not that one in a million terrible crime. You know, one crime on the news today, oh, that proves that mankind's a killer. No, we're, we're a nation of a third of a billion people. That's one in a third of a billion you heard about. You explain to me that 99.9999% of our citizens who will not kill somebody today. Uh, think about it. In the average lifetime, divorce, infidelity, layoff, traffic accidents, in a lifetime of provocation, Less than one in a thousand citizens will even seriously attempt to take a life. And, and, and explain that. So the point is, violence is not a normal, healthy part of anybody's life. 
Uh, and most people go a lifetime never committing an act of extreme violence, never even experiencing it. But when it's inflicted on our children, on television and movies and video games, when it is visual, their body treats it like it's real. They go into fight or flight mode. The left brain is completely shut down. They're, they're consciously fighting for their lives. Uh, violent visual imagery inflicted upon children. I tell you, we must enforce the rating system as a minimum. An R-rated movie is 17 and above only. And we must see it as Hollywood's minimum. You know, Hollywood's standard should be the baseline that we build our standard upon to a higher standard. Uh, you know, and, and they've got a good body of research saying that that kids under 17 shouldn't see Saving Private Ryan. And we should we should accept that as a baseline and uh, and protect our children. Now, when he's 17 years old, he's a year away from enlisting. He could be in the front lines in Iraq a year from now. Uh, at, at 17, Saving Private Ryan for a mature teen might be appropriate. But it's child abuse for children younger than that. Violent visual imagery. Totally different product. Their body goes into fight or flight mode. The left brain is shut down, and and, and it takes it takes two days for these fight or flight hormones to flush out of their brain. The church camps nationwide tell me nothing spiritual happens to this camp for the first few days. On the third day, yeah. it's like somebody threw a switch, and, and that's what's happening. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to that. I, but I also think there's definitely something to the fact. That you know, they say the frontal lobe was fully developed at 25 today. Well, I think there's yeah. pretty good evidence that the frontal lobe was developed at 18, just a, you know, a few decades ago, and maybe as young as 14 to 16, 13 to 16 at the turn of the last century. So, yes. and a lot of that is because of what we're being stimulated by. Yes, uh, and yeah, the, the outside uh, stimuli. So, it's a different day, different uh, time. And, um, you know, like the Sons of Issachar, we have to understand our times and know what to do. And right now, I have to know what to do and uh, exit the program. We're, man, the time, where'd the time go? We, we need to yeah. sit here and do this. Yeah. We could do this for hours on end. But, yeah. David, thank you, know, you Trace, for one last thing, if I could. One last thing. You and I are both fans of Melanie Hemp and ScreenStrong.com. S-C-R-E-E-N-S-T-R-O-N-G.com. ScreenStrong.com. She's got the best thing going as far as a, a online network of, of parents supporting the detox program and and mm-hmm. the, the family going media free. Uh, I know we're you know we're, we're we're both mutual fans of her work. And for those who say what's the next step, my book Assassination Generation, my book on killing, and ScreenStrong.com. It's just a great place to go to next. Amen. I suggest all of our listeners do just that. God bless you, Dave. God bless you, Trace. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Dave Grossman. You can connect with Dave at GrossmanAcademy.com. We've been discussing his book, Assassination Generation. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. If your teen is in need of help, we want to be there for you. Contact us through our website, licensedaparent.org, and see how we can help you and your child. At Shepherds Hill, we still have construction going. Earlier this fall, we put a roof on and insulation in our much-needed new dining hall. And so we are well on our way to expanding our campus, thanks to generous donors like you. 
Your gift to Shepherd's Hill is bringing hope and healing to families in crisis. And you can always give your gift securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensedparent.org. Your gift is tax deductible. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Daniel Fazina helps with guest relations. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peetz is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.